Psalm 136, verse 1. Psalm 136, verse 1. Psalm 136, verse 1. If you are there, shout a very big hallelujah. hallelujah. Only Bro Ed is there. Bro Alex shouted hallelujah, but his Bible is not open. Amen. Psalm 136, verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Tell somebody, happy thanksgiving. As if you mean to say, happy thanksgiving. I hope as you celebrate Thanksgiving tomorrow, somebody here will remember Pastor. I hope, uh, Brother Alex is already giving an excuse. He's already giving an excuse. Uh, uh, my sister, Thanksgiving, as you celebrate tomorrow, you better remember Pastor. I don't know what your husband is saying. No. Amen. The Lord is with us in Jesus' name. He said, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. And that's what we are discussing this morning, or this afternoon. In the morning, we started looking at this passage. And we said, the Lord there is a relational uh, name of God. That is the Lord God, Jehovah. Jehovah. And we said, when God made man, God created man for a reason. There was a need when God created man. And that message goes to everyone present here today. When God made you, he saw a need. Tell somebody he saw a need. And that is the need for which he created you to fulfill. The Bible says, when God made the earth, there was no man to till. There was no man to take care of that garden. And the Lord created man, put him in the midst of the garden, and said, take care of it. And brethren, as it was in the beginning, so it is now. Every one of us is created to fulfill a purpose. And your responsibility is find that purpose and fulfill it. Tell somebody, find that purpose. And fulfill it. It's very important. We went further this morning by saying, you were created for his glory. You were created for what? His glory. And that means if there be anything in you that will not glorify the name of the Lord, God will will operate today in Jesus' name. Amen. If there's anything in your life that is a challenge to the glory of God, God will address it today in Jesus' name. Amen. We went further by saying you were created for his praise. For his what? His praise. So brethren, this Thanksgiving season, beyond the turkey, beyond the chicken, Beyond uh, ham, beyond bushmeat, praise God. Tell somebody, praise God. Tell somebody, praise God. That is most important this season. It doesn't matter what the history of Thanksgiving is. The important thing is that, that a day has been declared to give thanks to the living God. You must praise God. Hallelujah. Because that's what he created you for. Now, we want to go a step further by taking note of some promises that are associated with your creation. In other words, when God formed you, he gave a few promises. The first promise that God gave is, I will help you. Amen. In other words, 
Tell somebody this afternoon, God will help me. In Isaiah 44 verse 2, Isaiah 44 verse 2, the Bible says, Thus says the Lord that made thee, and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Which will do what? Isaiah 44 verse 2. Isaiah 44 verse 2. Thus said the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. See, the, the Bible is saying, when God created you from the womb, he made a declaration that he will do what? He will help you. He will help you. It's part of the purpose of your creation. And then he went on to say, fear not. Tell somebody, fear not. He said, because he has chosen you. He said, fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. When you go to Isaiah chapter 41, from verse 10 to verse 13, you see where the Lord began to tell the children of Israel. He said, fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. Amen. He said, I will help you. He said, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Amen. So he created you that he may help you. And he says, I should tell someone here today that he will help you. Amen. Tell somebody that message is for me. In Psalm 46 verse 1. Psalm 46 verse 1. The Bible says, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Brethren, there are troubles. True or false? There are troubles. Life is full of examinations. When you pass your examination, you go to the next level. If you don't pass your exam, you remain on the same, uh, at the same spot. But there's someone here today who is moving up. Amen. I said you, you are moving up. Amen. The Bible says God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. In trouble. He's a very present help. You don't need to go too far. Wherever you are, he's available, he's available to help. Amen. Receive that help today in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first uh, uh, promise of creation is that God says, I will help you. That's number one. Number two, God is saying, I will not forget you. Amen. Tell somebody, God will not forget me. Maybe we should put it another way. Because at times, some of us tend to think that God has already forgotten us. Tell your neighbor, God has not forgotten me. That is one reason you, could, you should give thanks this season. When you wake up tomorrow morning, which I know you will. Amen. I say, I know you will. Amen. And when you wake up tomorrow morning, you are not going to wake up in pains. Amen. You are not going to wake up in sickness. You are going to wake up hale and hearty. As you wake up, you look at maybe your husband, maybe your wife, maybe your bed if you are single, and say, God has not forgotten me. He's going to prove himself in your life in Jesus' name. In Isaiah 44 verse 21, Isaiah 44 verse 21, he says, Remember these, O Jacob and Israel, for thou art my servant, I have formed thee. Thou art my servant, O Israel. Thou shalt not be forgotten of me. 
That is God making a promise. Oh. Who is he making that promise unto? So long as you are his son, so long as you are his daughter, so long as you are in the house today, God is saying, you will not be forgotten of me. God is saying, I will not forget you. Isn't that wonderful? If God could make that promise when you were formed, why do you think he has changed his mind? It's because of the circumstances of life. That's why the Bible says God is not a man that should do what? He's not a man that should lie. Neither is he the son of man that should repent. Has he spoken? Shall he not do it? Remember, the Bible says division is for what? Division is yet for an appointed time. Though it tarry, do what? It shall come to pass. I want to, I want to assure someone here today. That vision will come to pass. Amen. I said that vision will come to pass. Amen. I said that vision will come to pass. Amen. Doesn't matter how, how bleak it looks, how impossible it looks. He already spoke. It's because it's impossible that it is a miracle. Did somebody hear me? It is because that situation is impossible that it is what? That it's a miracle. And that is what our God specializes in. In Isaiah 49, verses 15 and 16, verse 15 and 16, the Bible says, Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? He said, Yes, they may forget. He said, Yet will I not forget thee. Who is God talking to there? See, in other words, your mother may forget you. Your father may forget you. Your husband may forget you. Your wife may forget you. But who will not forget you? God. God. He said, I have come that you may have life. And have it how? No, he didn't say I will have it abundant. He said, have it more abundantly. Brethren, there is abundance beyond abundance. That is the meaning of more abundantly. I have come to give you what no man can give you. That's what the Lord is saying there. What is the top promise of your creation? The top promise is your sins are forgiven. Amen. I say your sins are forgiven. Amen. Isaiah 44 verse 23. Isaiah 44 verse 23. He says, sing all ye heavens. For the Lord has done it. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. That's what the Lord has done it. Do you know that the Bible is complete? When the Bible says the Lord has done it, the Bible is saying fill in the gap. Amen? What is it that the Lord has done? That's a question God is asking someone here today. Because what you put in there is what he has done. He said the Lord has done it. For example, the Lord has healed me. For example, the Lord has made me a billionaire. Amen. He has said amen for me. You better say your own. The Lord has done it. My name is written indelibly in the book of life. Nobody can erase it. You know, like, 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 like people will say, Jupiter cannot erase it. Yet, Kini cannot, yeah. Is somebody with me, somebody in the spirit. 
He said, sing, O ye heavens, for the Lord has done it. And I'm asking you again, what is it that you want God to do for you? He's saying this morning, he has done it. Like we reminded ourselves this morning. I love that passage, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then the Bible goes on to say, the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the earth. The sea of God moved upon the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be, and there was light. But God already created the heavens and the earth before he began to say, let there be. So when the Lord is telling you this afternoon that he has done it, he has completed, that, he has completed your healing. Amen. He has completed your deliverance. Amen. He has completed your promotion. Amen. He has released your papers. Amen. The person that is sitting on your destiny has been uprooted. Amen. The person that is saying you will not possess your possession, God has dealt with him. Amen. Your arch enemy has been turned to your arch helper. God has done it. God has done it. Then when you go on to that, continuing on that same Isaiah 41, he says, Shout ye lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing ye mountains. O forest and every tree therein. For the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and glorified his name in Israel. In other words, not only are your sins forgiven, you are redeemed. That's what I am, I am redeemed. Isaiah 44 verse 22 says, I have blotted out as a thick cloud your transgressions. Amen. And as a cloud your sins. Say, return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. You see, no matter how thick your sin is, God is saying he has done what? Somebody is not sure. No matter how thick your sin is, God is saying what? I've blotted it out. Your sin are washed out. As I was going through that, I'm reminded of that statement that the Lord gave to us in the morning. About that evil aura. You know what an evil aura is? When a person carries evil aura around, when people that want to help him see him or her, what do they do? They turn their back. They say, no, you're not the person I'm looking for. But your name, it's your name. It's everything on it. But there's an evil aura that is following you wherever you are going. That is hindering your blessings. If anyone came here with that evil aura today, the consuming fire of God will consume it in Jesus' name. There is an evil aura that attracts you to people that will destroy you, but repels you from people that will help you. Ah, I destroy it by the fire of God today in Jesus' name. There is an evil aura that makes men, people that previously loved you, that they now see you and say, I don't want to see you again. That evil aura is destroyed in Jesus' name. Amen. There is a promise. But in line with the promise, brethren, there is an expectation. That's what the expectation. When you go to Isaiah 43, from verse 22 to verse 26, we see the expectations of God from us. They are listed. Isaiah 43, 22 to 26. Well, I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to break down some things that are in there. The first thing is, he said you must call upon him. You must do what? 
You see, in that verse 23, he said, But thou hast not called upon me. Thou hast not done what? You've not called upon him. You need to call upon him. When you don't call upon him, he does not answer. That means when you call upon him, he does what? He answers. Isn't God wonderful? In the book of Acts chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, Acts 12, 1 to 3, we see a scenario. The Bible says, Herod the king stretched forth his hand. He began to persecute the church. And what did he do? He took James, the brother of John, and he killed him. Very simply. Herod took James and did what? And killed him. The church just said, well, I mean, uh, uh, after all, Jesus was killed, so maybe that is his own destiny. They just watched him. They allowed him to die. Then Herod saw that his killing of James pleased the Jews. And so what did he do? He took Peter. <laughs> and then the disciples woke up. Somebody will wake up here today. Amen. And somebody will wake up here today. The Bible says, because he saw he pleased the Jews, he proceeded to take Peter also. <laughs> then they woke up and they began to do what? They began to pray. They prayed. And Peter was delivered from the jaws of death. In Acts chapter 12 verse 5, the Bible says, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Prayer was made for Peter continuously. How often? No wonder the Bible says we should pray without ceasing. Pray continuously. Pray all the time. And God will answer you. When you go to verses 7 to 8 of that passage, the Bible tells us how God sent an angel who went and touched Peter, all his chains fell off. You are in the house of God today. Your chains will fall off. Every chain that has been holding you down, that has been preventing you from moving forward, will fall off today in Jesus' name. Because there is a touch of God. There is a touch of God available for somebody. Receive that touch in Jesus' name. Peter thought he was dreaming. The angel took him out. He was delivered. God has promised that he will answer your prayers. Jeremiah 33 verse 3. He said, call unto me. Jeremiah 33 3. Call unto me. And I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things. Which thou knowest not. The Lord is talking to someone here today. Call unto me. Pray. Don't give up. We all know Luke chapter 18 verse 1. Men ought always to do what? To pray and not to faint. Because in the place of prayer, there's always a tendency to faint. Don't pray to the point that you think you have prayed enough until you get your result. Operation push. You know the meaning of push? Exactly. Push means pray until something happens. Until you get a result, don't stop praying. Tell somebody, don't stop praying. It's not enough that you pray for five minutes and you are on your phone for two hours. Change the order of things. Pray for two hours and be on your phone for five minutes. You find out that many things on your phone are useless. A lot of the information on that phone, they are what? They are useless. 
Because in the place of prayer, your day is set. In the place of prayer, your helper will find you. In the place of prayer, God will make a way for you. In the place of prayer, God will open doors unto you. So that's the first point. Call upon him. Our time is gone. But I will mention the second point. Very important. Stop running away from God. Stop doing what? Stop running away from God. Nobody loves you like God. Do you realize that? Nobody. How do you run away from God? It is sin that makes us to run away from God. It is sin that makes us to hide from God. It is sin that makes us to look for alternatives to what the Lord is saying. Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59. Says the Lord's hand from verse 1 is not shortened that he cannot save. Neither is ears heavy that he cannot hear. In other words, if it looks as if you are praying and God is not answering, ask yourself, am I living in sin? You can't be living in sin and you expect him to I mean, run to answer your prayers. The Bible says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And the Bible says what? God forbid. God forbid. We cannot continue in sin and expect grace to abound. Verse 2 says, your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. He said, for your hands are defiled with blood, your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies, your tongue has muttered perverseness. One of the sins that we commonize the most as Christians is the sin of lying. We find it very easy to tell lies. Green lies, lies, white lies, blue lies, red lies. Different types of lies. A lie is what? It separates you from God. It prevents the picture of a man or a woman running away from God. Stop running away from God. Because Psalm 139 tells us. It says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Whither shall I flee from thy presence? And look at all the alternatives. No matter where you go, go to heaven, go to hell, go to the dark, go to the bottom of the sea, he is there. Darkness cannot hide you from him. Tell somebody, stop running away from God. It's very important. Number three, bring your offerings of thanksgiving. Bring what? Your offering of thanksgiving. Don't just thank God by saying, I thank God. Give him something to show that you are, you are, you are thanking him. Thank God we've taken the offering. So I'm not saying this so that you can give offering. But of course, if you want to give your offering, you know you can give it at any time. RCCGChristChapel at gmail.com it's, the account never closes. 24 hours a day, it is open. You don't even need to be in church to give your offering. Bring him your offering of thanksgiving. Time is against us. But you have formed for his praise. You have formed for his glory. He has expectations of you. He has given you promises. 
And the passage that God is impressing upon my mind today is where he says, I have done it. And I'm telling someone here today, he has done it.